Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? Comics Podcast for the Savage Critics website. This is the finale to episode 68, with Graham McMillan and I covering the other big stories and or non-stories from 2011. For the next 75 minutes, join us as we discuss the Kirby trial outcome, layoffs at Marvel, superhero movies, women in comics, Kickstarter, comics marketing, Watchmen 2, and the proverbial much, much more. We hope you enjoy our final podcast for 2011, and we'll be here for more discussion, disagreement, and comic-related chaos in 2012. Happy New Year. Another big story from this year, our big rumor. Mm-hmm. Watchmen 2. Oh, yeah. Yes, it, talking, of, it, talking of comics that needs Mark Miller. Man, no kidding. <laughs> Actually, hold on just one second. I'm going to do this crazy, like, j- pull the headphones off and run away for a second. Okay. It might just be me, but the idea of Jeff. I, I honestly just imagine Jeff running away immediately. Sorry, the the heat, or, heat in here was slowly killing me. So, uh, <laughs> um, um, no, so, wa- Watchmen 2. Yeah, Watchmen 2. Watchmen 2 will be spectacular. Yeah, you know. (laughs) I'm really curious about Watchmen 2. If it's it's J.G. Jones and Darwin Cook, I'm I'm really curious. I I want to just be like, no, no, unnecessary, no. But at the same time, you could say that about every single superhero comic out there. Well, but, okay, this is actually one of the things that I was going to say that I think is interesting about Watchmen 2. The, perhaps the most interesting thing is is I bet Marvel would die to be in this position, but they don't, right? I mean, they're not. That's the thing that I find fascinating, is, like, if nothing else, over the course of 20, 30 years, 40 years of comic book history, the fact remains DC has has a deep enough well that it can take something like Watchmen 2 and you know like make it a must talk about event you know like oh Marvel can do that with Marvel Man yeah something that they bought from someone else that they still can't no it's true but they they have the ability to do it if they really really want to do it uh, I see. That's not, it. I think they've got they've of... got Marvel Man, and they've got what, like Electra Assassin Two. No, but you know, sure. DC has Watchmen Two and nothing else of that scale. Uh, they could they could fuck over Neil Gaiman and bring back and had do Sandman Two. They could do well, a whole. You know what? You know what's really stories. really funny? You said that, and my I just thought they would never do that. I mean, on I mean, the one hand, you're I'm, right, but mm-hmm. I just had such a visceral. They would never do that. Oh yeah, I'm sure that because it's one thing when that's the truth. They'll do it when Neil Gaiman. There's no chance Neil Gaiman is ever going to work for them again. Right. Right now, they will never do it. Right. Right. So my personal feeling is, is I think that there's all sorts of shit that DC could do that would juice things up in a way that Marvel just can't and couldn't, you know? But it, because... have they not already proven that this year with the new 52? Mar- uh, Marvel, they... Marvel could not have done that. Right. right, right, right. Because, Well, I think so. Because mm-hmm. reboots are built into DC now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Marvel attempted that, there would be people completely losing their shit and walking away. 
I don't think so. I think Marvel's going to be like, look, you know, our competitor's done this like four times over 30 years. This is our first time and we're, you know, da 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 You know? Because I, I think, I think, I think uh, after our previous conversation about where they're going to go after Avengers versus X-Men mm-hmm. made a lot of sense to me. I, yeah, it made a lot of sense to me as well, but part of me is just like, I, I, it's a... Uh... It makes so much sense they can't do it. It's it's a it makes so much sense like killing Cyclops at the end of Schism made sense. Except that <laughs> didn't happen. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I don't think I don't think certain things in Marvel that make sense can happen. Mm. Interesting. Maybe because, uh, because I think it damages the brand. Well, I think what That's they're going to do. I think they're worried about it damaging the brand, so they won't do it. I think they're worried about it damaging the brand, but I think what they're going to do is something that we, you know, talked about, which is that they're going to, they'll basically do a line-wide renumbering, um, so Quiet. everything starts at number one, but they're not going to overwrite their old continuity the way DC does. Yeah, I, I think that's what's going to happen. So, um, because you've yeah, got to keep but, that back. I was going to say you've got to keep that back library and then remembered Marvel doesn't keep their back library in print see that's it Marvel in theory has much less to lose in this regard you know DC is the one that like did a fascinating job of like oh yeah oh wait what What do you mean like really people wouldn't buy Killing Joke because it never I, happened I'm, well believe me it happened um, what's fascinating is seeing DC kill trades now as a result mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was stunned that they cancelled the paperback version of Generation Lost. Oh yeah, that's right. Wow, really? Yeah, they complete like they killed it. It's it's just not happening, which means that only exists a hardcover as a collected edition. Wow, wow. Huh. Which kind of makes sense if you think about it, mm-hmm. because Generation Lost as a storyline leads up to a story that's never going to happen. Right. The end of Generation all... Lost is them going, "Let's form Justice League again and go after Maxwell Lord," and it says, right. "And to be continued." And it never was. Right. Yeah. So it kind of right. makes sense. They're like, yeah, kill it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I think there's... I, I, I thought you were talking more about the Supergirl trade and some of the other stuff where I'm like, yeah, I don't know how much of that stuff is actually going to get collected. I suspect that unless it's, you know... I, I think I think big five or six. Yeah, I think the the, the smaller ones. I mean, we've seen cancellations for Supergirl, for Rebels, for Justice League Generation Lost. There's another one. There's another one that's been cancelled. Um, right. Yeah, they, they've just they've just slowly and quietly been cancelling their collections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so. Um... So yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know what Marvel's going to do, but I do know that they, you know, in their heart of hearts, they're like, ah, oh, man, we have nothing up the sleeve that's that's got that sort of megatonnage of of Watchmen, Watchmen Two. Like I said, Sandman. I sort of feel like if I sat down and thought of it, I could come up with another five or six books that they that Mar that DC could like do something similar on. Well, part of it is that Marvel has been doing that all along. Mm-hmm. Any, well, anything Marvel has had of value, and mm-hmm. many things not of value, right. they've brought back. I mean, uh, they, they tried right. to bring back the new universe for fuck's sake. Right, right. Well, I guess, and I guess this is it to me. Is is just they don't have, 
they don't really have anything. I, you know what I mean? Like, well, that, that's what, it's, what not, it's not just that they don't have anything left, but also like whatever they had, they have already exhausted. Right. Well, they didn't have that much. Again, there's like new universe, you know, but they don't have like they didn't. I mean, no one's really going to care about the return of Star Slammers. I mean, you know, a few people might, but you know, like <laughs> take that back. Well, you know what I'm saying. No, I like, totally know what you're saying. I, having all this—I mean, look how much juice they got just by bringing John Constantine into the DCU. You know, before they fucking canceled their entire lineup, and <laughs> rebooted everything. No, but but that's Marvel is so committed to maximizing—is it even profit? Mm-hmm. Okay, maximizing profit. Let's say. That they don't, they're not willing to let anything lie fallow when they can just, you know, franchise the shit out of it. See, to me, it's that Marvel has been doing, has been strip mining for years and years and years, or deforesting. Let's say it's deforesting, you know? It's like DC deforests, but it also had that weird program of like, well, we're going to plant a tree over here and a tree over there. Marvel's like, just fuck that. You know, so like you said, they've got nothing. They've got Avengers. They've got you know, they've got all their franchises. They got weird shit like New Universal. You know, they paid people like Ellis to sit down and look at their back catalog, which is now like, you know, bizarro titles from the seventies. You know, that that people are like, you know, there might be some affection for, but it's nothing in the sense of what. DC was doing like if they turn around and they're like okay well time to do Ronin 2 you know it's like Watchmen 2 was such a good hit you know it's like we're gonna do Ronin 2 we're gonna bring Fables into the JLA like they've got like a huge amount of things that because they were separate forests they can start sort of mixing those seeds and if nothing else just cause you know a chain reaction of fanboy pant shitting you know for the next, depending on what, however quickly they want to do it, you know, five to ten years. Marvel's got nothing. Like you said, they've got Marvel Man. And you, you just wait when Seeker Three Thousand gets relaunched. Right, exactly. <laughs> As Seeker Four Thousand. I mean, you see what I'm saying? No, no. Here, but right? here's the crazy thing. So, do you think at some point, because Disney bought Marvel as an IP firm, mm-hmm. and Marvel doesn't actually have a lot of IP? I mean, when you sit down and think of it, sure, there's a lot of characters, but in terms of successful properties, mm-hmm. there's not a lot in Marvel, mm-hmm. especially the way that the deals are all structured. Right. right For example, right. I found out that any character who made a first appearance in a Spider-Man comic is part of the Spider-Man deal. Same with the, same with the Fantastic Four. Oof. I know, which is a lot of characters. But that's you're just talking about the Hollywood. And the X-Men. That's the Hollywood. That's, yeah, Netflix, yeah. Right? yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But no, that, the Hollywood. But there's that, so yeah. much but that's what I'm saying. There's so much that is unavailable right now to Disney. Mm-hmm. Right. And Disney bought them as an IP firm. And instead of Marvel trying to create new IP, mm-hmm. they are regurgitating the same over and over and over again. It make I mean that actually makes no sense to me. You'd think at some point someone at Marvel would be like, "We need to create something new." Sure, I, I'm. I I think they all think honestly. Looking at Axel Alonso in his first couple of years at Marvel and his time at Vertigo, I'm sure that he thinks that every day. It's just they they are they are so cock blocked 
by Ike Perlmutter, and it has been for such a long time. I'm not sure, you know, that their their whole thing is is like, well, sure, we want to do that, you know, but it's got to sell. Like we tried doing that with the order, and it got, you know, it's like, where did that get us? Like nowhere, you know. Sure, but since the order, which was five years ago, mm-hmm. what? What have they even tried? I I don't know, like. Like, the closest they've come is, like, Dr. Voodoo. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you know what I mean? Which is in itself a regurgitation of existing IP. Right. I was going to say something like Secret Warriors or something, which is, again, sort of new warriors or new Secret Warriors. No, Secret Warriors, you're right, yeah. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, again, similar stuff like that. Or the, the, you know, Hickman's Shield I guess, you know, it, that weird, what they're trying to do is this old new IP stuff. Cause they've got stuff that's, that's dug in so deep mm-hmm. that they're like, yeah, somebody's going to make Deathlock work in a way that's going to excite people and get this movie made, you know, but I don't think that their idea of growing this stuff is they're like, I don't, I, it's like, it's like a, it's just like a muscle that's completely atrophied. I don't think that they have any way how to do it. And frankly, the marketplace doesn't really have much of a way to support it. You know, like how many, how many new series slash characters from Marvel or DC have really caught on over the last ten years? You know, that were yeah, created in that. Define caught on. Um, and for that matter, define new. Does the new Blue Beetle count? Yeah, I think the new Blue Beetle counts, um, and and probably you know didn't necessarily catch on. You know, just like the new Manhunter from DC ran a bunch of issues and didn't catch on, or Batwoman. You know, uh, yeah, I think Batwoman is seems to be it. I mean, I'm sure there's others, but there's. I mean, and God knows there's all this new Fifty Two stuff that people are going to be like, well. Yes, look at Demon Knights, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't... I, I think leading up to things, traditionally, it's been it's been very bad. I'm trying to think. There's got to be... I know there's, like, real obvious ones that I'm overlooking, but generally, Marvel and DC have spent a ton of time and energy and effort just recreating their old, well-known IPs. You I, know what I, mean? I like, agree to an extent. I think that DC does more, and I think that that's these days what Vertigo goes for. Sure. Well, yes and no. I mean, there there was a, a shocking amount of new titles in that new 52. Sure, but again, it's almost all retreads of existing IP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, I think it was all retreads of existing IP. Well, of course, of course, but still very different, like sort of in the way that we're talking new Blue Beetle or, or Manhunter. Sure, but I'm talking about brand new things. That's mm-hmm. that's what Vertigo is for DC now. Sure is for creating brand new things and they have that and depending on how it works it can it can work to their advantage which is why I think the March solicits are fascinating with three new ongoings for Vertigo mm-hmm. in the same mm-hmm. month which is like huh that seems a lot <laughs> well didn't they do that didn't unless I'm mistaken didn't Fables and Why the Last Man and something else like all premiere in the same month I don't think so Maybe around the same time. I don't think they'll debut. They were very close together. Let's put it that way. If they weren't active, but even though that was ten years ago. No, I agree. And frankly, Vertigo needs to do more of that kind of moxie. Frankly, I mean, I was thinking. I was thinking the last time something like that happened was 
um, The Unwritten and American Vampire, I feel, launched really similar times. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, right, 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 because they had... And Sweet Tooth was around the same time as well, but again, those that's weren't true. the same months. Right, they weren't the same Or iZombie. I mean, they, they've slowly been working on mm-hmm. new ideas, but it's just the three and the one month, along right. with the fourth mini, a fourth brand new miniseries. Like, they're, they're debuting four new ideas. Right. In the same month, it seems like, oh, they've suddenly remembered Vertu exists as something beyond the crime line. Right. Right. Well, uh, yeah, which I think is great. And by contrast, um, it looks like Marvel's going to have three issues of Captain America coming out in one week. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious, isn't it? And two of them from the same title. Yes, from the same title. Isn't that amazing? Like, I really am. Like, that just stuns me. That just is... Yeah, I can't, so I can't believe you're not, like, bump issue six back a week. So we're not good two issues coming out the same week. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, apparently except that they've got a ship in that quarter or whatever. I just... I, I guess, just think, yeah, because it will go into the next year if they don't get it all out of the same quarter. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, for uh, the retailers, I mean, I personally think the retailers should actually, like, take the comics and hold them, you know, a week or something, but... That's not going to happen, because you're not going to get everyone to agree to it. Right. Right. Exactly. And people will just be like, okay, well, I'll go get this. I I'll get this at the other store. Right. Exactly. Ah, so, Graham, any more big stories? I'm impressed that we've covered... <laughs> We, we, we three. three and a half of them. Like okay, let, let's go. Let's do our lightning round. Okay. Sure. Uh, Marvel getting the Kirby lawsuit thrown out court. Right. Huge. And it, like nothing happens. Do you know what I mean? Like that. It's it's massive, and I think most people have probably forgotten that happened. Right. 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 Well, yeah. It's well because it's tough because it's sort of what, what are you supposed to do with that? I mean, it's crazy that it happened, but it also happened at this level of like, well, that's what the law said, and there's they kind of did a, an amazing sort of no take backs kind of way on it. So I know it, it's kind of spectacular. I don't think you can ever get anyone to appeal that. Um, Speak the flip side. Uh, did DC the DC sequel Schuster thing? Is that still that's still, still dragging on, and it will wow. still drag on forever. Um, right. What this is me making a ridiculous legal forecast that it will come back and bite me in the ass I think Warner's is going to be successful with this lawsuit against Toporoff and I think that's going to kill it mm. we'll see we will really see I I, I, suppose I definitely think Marvel's uh, DC is going to be successful in the lawsuit against Toporoff mm. whether whether or not that kills it is the only th- thing that I'm not convinced about but I think that Toporoff is ultimately going to go down hmm interesting I I'm not sh- I I don't know I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I just, my general sense of the law is usually it seems like lawyers have to do <clears throat> a shit ton to get themselves uh, thrown out of situations like that. This guy seems to have done a shit ton, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I will take your word for it. If, if there really genuinely is proof that he is on record somewhere as saying we'll get the copyright away from DC and then I will manage the copyright for you. I'm fairly sure that he's going to be in trouble. I don't think that that's a big thing, but maybe that's just me. 
Well, we'll like, see. You you work with liars all the time, so I mean, you know, you. Don't yeah, I'm this. I'm sort of like there's all sorts of like behind the scenes craziness that I see in here. About like, it, that's nothing. Like, there was that yeah. time where they slit the guy's throat and dragged his blood, and they were still let to, left on to do the case. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much exactly, exactly the sort of stuff that we're talking about. You know, I mean, did you see that one where who who was the guy who like, you know, the the uh, the those attorneys who were like coercing their paralegals into having sex with them and um only got only got disbarred for like six months or something like that well come on so, i was only having sex with them through coercion i mean what <laughs> what are you talking about right right i mean there's that whole thing where where speaking of which they're they're hiring prostitutes as paralegals and sending them yes! to prisons yes! to have sex with their amazing? clients Oh, I know. Isn't that amazing? That that yeah. kind of blew my mind. It really did. I was like, what the fuck is going on? See, so that's why I'm like, dude, saying that you're going to manage somebody's rights, that's like big deal. Like I I, I think it's I think it, I think that is going to get the current lawsuit thrown out. I really do. And I think it then comes back into like are they going to refile with someone else? Yeah. I I we will see. We we will we will see. So yes, more on the lightning round. Uh, okay, Ultimate Spider-Man is black. Shocker. Right. That was yeah, um, yeah. that was a big deal, and again, doesn't really seem like a big deal now. But at the time, it was I, like <gasps> it was a big deal. I, I really was shocked that it was a big deal for people who knew what the hell was going on. Like, I have a friend who thought it was a huge deal. He did not get that it was the ultimate spi- ultimate universe. Which was kind of hilarious, wasn't it? You see all the stories and they're like, Spider-Man is black now! And then the very bottom would be like, of course, Peter Parker still exists in the real Marvel Universe. Right, exactly. So I, I, I totally, I had a friend who, like, and even knew about the ultimate universe and was just not tracking it enough. So... I'm shocked that there were enough people who were zoned out on comics that they kind of came back and were like, wait, wait, what, what, what? You know, and also I was impressed that there were people who inside comics who thought that that was a, a, a dumb thing. I'm, in other words, racism, still surprising. So Yeah, re- uh, yeah it kind of was. Some of the reactions to that were um, really depressing. <laughs> yeah, they really were. There was no other way of putting it. Some of the, yeah. It really was just, oh, please shut the fuck up um yes. WonderCon ditched the Bay Area yeah, yeah I, was I, a heartbreaker I, yeah I just feel that was I don't know I feel it's important beyond the Bay Area if that makes sense I feel like it's, oh, yeah. it's Comic Con saying yeah we do care about the studios more oh yeah because oh, you could have put it anywhere else other than Anaheim do you know what I mean Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, believe me, I do know. As somebody who was like, "Wait, no, guys, really, no," you know, because I, I, I think it, it's like you said, it very specifically says, "Well, you know, honestly, it's great to have North Coast coverage, but you know, it'd be better if like everyone from Hollywood only had to drive like an hour, you know." And I, yeah, it's there's there's really no other way I feel like to dress that up, unfortunately. So. Um. Yeah. It like you said. It could have huge repercussions. Although it won't. It won't. I, yeah. Exactly. That, that's I, kind of the theme of 2011, isn't it? Things happen. Yeah. And then apathy just takes over. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. There's a certain amount of you know the power of inertia for both good or ill in the comics market is is an amazing thing. Talking about that, 
Frank Miller and Totally Terror, and then his Occupy Wall Street rant. Mm, yeah. Um, it's interesting because I feel, and I could be wrong, that uh, that Holy Terror more or less will or would damage his um, fan base more than uh, than than, than the, the Occupy Wall yeah. Street stuff was. Yeah, I think I think if the Occupy Wall Street stuff had happened before Holy Terror, it would have been yeah. bigger. Because I think at that point, everyone who cared had realized that Frank Miller had become this horribly bitter, mm-hmm. like, bigoted, you know, fucked up old man. Well, you know, and I hate to say it, but I think for those of us who had those suspicions anyway, I think the, the trick is um, whether he delivered could deliver or not. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, the, this is going to be a, a, an analogy that will make no one look good, especially me. But it's kind of like strippers. You know what I mean? Like, you can deal with a mean, racist stripper with, like, I don't know, maybe three teeth in her head or something, but, you know, once they're up there and they're nude, if it looks fantastic, you're going to be throwing the dollars, you know? And that's the thing with Miller. It's like, if... I'm saying, like, if his if if Holy Terror had actually given people more boners, it wouldn't have actually mattered. I am crap I am so sorry, mind. listeners. Jeff, See, I knew, I knew. I'm like, okay, well, here's here's did one of my last to- chances to <laughs> dig my own grave in 2011. Did but, you get uh, halfway through that, and then you're like, I can't believe I'm going to finish the sentence? No, I I was shocked when I came up with it, and I'm like, <laughs> it's effective. Let's face it, Frank Miller you're only half a thought away from the word strippers anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't seem to me like it was that much of a jump. Like, Frank... Oh, that was almost, almost worth it for that joke. (laughs) But not quite. Uh, Did you you read Holy Terror in the end? No, I, I, I didn't. You know, and the thing that's fascinating is, like, I've never looked for it in comics experience. I keep meaning to. Like, I know copies came out, but I keep acting like, no, I think all those review copies, everyone got one, and then I've never seen a copy in a store. I've never seen a copy in a store. <laughs> the book doesn't actually exist. It never I, came out. Oh, talk about, like, talking about paperware, First Comics. Yeah. Do you remember First Comics was announced as coming back at San Diego? They were supposed yes. to have their first books out in November. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, really, that says it all, doesn't it? It does. It does. And I have to say, like, first comic sounded fucking absurd. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. First comic sounded kind of crazy considering the world that we live in and the comic industry we live in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everyone remembers first comics proudly for all the titles and IP that we no longer have but we're going to have that same positive association you used to have before we went under and screwed over creators and kept their IP locked out of the marketplace for decades. We're going to resuscitate that. Don't think about what I just said. Think about way back when. Like, remember that big robot thing? It's going to be that awesome, at least. Maybe more so. Yeah, I just, I was like, no. First comics, I'm just glad. I'm glad they didn't really do anything to embarrass us. <laughs> could they have done anything to embarrass us? Really? They could have. My understanding was they had a wait what title lined up that was going to be us like solving crimes. Oh, but, uh, come on. You say that and you know 
then at least one person other than me is going to wish that happened. <laughs> yes, that was me. The problem is, is who they got to adapt it. I just don't think that we would have been very happy with the results. Let's just say. Yeah. Joe Casey and Greg Land, not the team that I wanted on our book. Oh, come on. That could have been awesome. You know, imagine you totally the position, like, imagine Land, the position no, but we could have gone into. What's that? Imagine the positions we could have gotten into. Yeah, that's right. First of all, I would have loved to have seen the translation of you into a sexy, generic woman with hair that changes depending on what photograph is being traced. But on the plus side, every second panel, you would have been very surprised. The thing that I like is is that now with your dashing photo uh, at Techland, you would have had the same smile in every photo. Exactly. No, no, no. Every no, panel no, would have been, it, have... If Greg Lamb was showing it, you would have become a woman and I would have become James Marston because that's the only male... I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. Sad, sad but true. Um, yeah. I completely derailed me. First, first comment is completely derailed me. Uh, Marvel cancelling everything. Right. I'm firing 15 staff. Big news, both of which no one's talking about anymore. Well, interestingly enough, what did you think about the the sort of thing mentioned in passing in at Tucker Stone's interview with uh, Tom Spurgeon? I have not read enough of it. So, like, I, I literally skimmed this morning. I was going to read it this evening. Okay, because what happened was uh, uh, Hibbs mentioned the the thing that that. Hibbs referred to the article when he was at Savage Creek. He actually had a link to it. He was talking about how great it was. What shocked him was the um, the idea that Pond Scum, Scummy, was n- according to Tucker Stone, wasn't actually fired, but is now working like out of his house or something like that. Did you see that? That was kind of a big... Let's see if I can... No, that's kind of fucking fascinating. Yeah, let's see if we can find the, the deal here. Um, I'm looking it up. Scum. The, the awesome thing about reading a long interview with Tucker Stone is that when you search on the word scum, you actually have to like go next, next, next. <laughs> yeah, to actually get to. I love that. Um, Stone. So Spurgeon says, what should Marvel be doing that they're not doing now? How odd is it that they cut staff and titles at just the time they took it on? Uh, the chops in terms of sales is the fact that they're 10 years into this current phase of serious super spy comics a hindrance to their getting back on top stone says some of that they cut stuff uh, cut staff stuff is sort of bullshit though isn't it didn't they just move that pond scum guy to his house maybe that's just hair splitting but i got the sense that some of marvel's moves on that front made sense they changed the way they pay people and changed the way their jobs are described so as to decrease their overall expenditures and increase their overall profits some people got fired outright though so i'm probably just being an asshole by getting stuck on that so that's kind of a well that's that's kind of a that's kind of new yeah that's is this this something everyone in new york knows and it just hasn't filtered outside if that is the case, like, fucking shame on a lot of news reporters for not mentioning that he's still working for them, considering he was the guy who was sort of... He was the, the guy. He was the guy who was like, I can't believe they got rid of him. Yeah, he was the poster boy for the face of their layoffs. So I'm kind of like, that's that's really big fucking news. Um, you know, and yet I'm, I'm like, hmm, 
not over on Bleeding Cool. So let's see if that'll show up or when. Because I thought that that was an amazingly casual bombshell. That again, Hibbs was like, is there any confirmation on this? Because I, I find that uh, um, astonishing. So um, that being said, Marvel laying people off, canceling titles. It only took six years, maybe eight, of Hibbs saying, this is going, this is coming around the bend <laughs> any day now <laughs> for it to finally hit. So, you know, I, I'll be curious what our crackhead friend does in 2012. <laughs> Avengers versus X-Men is what they're doing in 2012, Jeff. Yeah, no, and but I'm go- curious what the other stuff's doing. Uh, there's going to just be many more comics. Like, oh, that's not true. It's going to be many more issues of fewer right. comics. Yeah, of fewer comics. And how that's going to work out for them, I will be really fascinated. Uh, I have the strangest feeling it might work out really well for like a year. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then less so. Right. Do you know what I mean? I just don't think that sort of thing is sustainable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, am, I totally agree. But, you know, who knows? No, it's true. A lot of guys might suddenly like find their groove. I just think that it's uh, it's you're just you're just moving into the next stage of heat death. Um, I think, but that's just me. On the other hand, what'll be great is with a lot of titles off. Like if you're doing, you know, all those titles. You know, if you're if you're doing just publishing like a bunch of issues of your big A list characters. Mm-hmm. In theory, I feel like taking the B-list characters off the market for a while and bringing them back is a good thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I actually... Well, although you have to bring them back. Right. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just taking them off and then ignoring them? Yeah. Be- hey, well, here's a question. Yes. Bendis leaving Avengers. Oh, yeah. Another big possible story. Although we're still in the dark as to whether he's leaving Avengers and moving on to another Avengers title or leaving the Avengers franchise. Right? Well, I, I, I think that it's... Put this way. No one other than me seems to have the reading of that line that I do. Right. Um, so we'll see. Uh, right. Something that was really interesting in the solicits, though, is I always thought that from reading the CPR article, he was pretty much saying, I will finish the Hammer storyline and then I'll be off the books. But that's not mm-hmm. happening. Hmm. Like, the Hammer storyline is finishing in May, in March, rather. And none of the books, none of the solicits say Brian Michael Bendis' final issue. So the Avengers are fighting MC Hammer? Is that... Yeah, it's, not... it's awesome. Because um, what actually happened was he went up to Captain America and was like, I thought you were Captain America. And Captain America's like, I am. And he's like, no, 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 no. There's, there's been at least five other Captain Americas. And Captain America was like, well, you know, there was one time that I was dead. And mm-hmm. there was one time that I was frozen. Mm-hmm. And then there was that time that I was fired. And there was also that time that I didn't like what the government was doing. And so I quit. Let me just say, and let me just say, if I can cut in here, yeah. and, and I hate to cut you off, this is a remarkably good imitation of a Brian Bendis comic. <laughs> If this is taking up like eight pages, I'm like, oh my god, okay, I totally buy this. Okay, no, what's happening to go is there's one time that I was fired, and then it cuts to MC Hammer looking unimpressed, and then it cuts back <laughs> to the okay, and then it, but eventually goes, and then there's the time that I didn't like what the commission was doing, and so I, I resigned, and then MC Hammer just slapped him and said too legit to quit and then it just gets into a oh nice is that where you were going oh my god I cannot believe all that time for that joke all that time for that joke beautiful beautiful 
Wow. Wow. I was really... And that that's great, because breaking out too legit to quit shows that you are... Um, aware that Hammer had more than one hit. Oh my god, he also had Prey! What are you saying? MC Hammer was a god! Hello, and the Adams Family theme, alright? I I can't (laughs) believe all of a sudden I'm in like a fucking MC Hammer off with you, okay? (laughs) Jesus, Graham. Let it die, okay? Do not not even imply that that man was the one who wonder. Oh my god, okay. Four hit wonder, come on! It was maybe a four and a half hit wonder. Depends on where you're... It depends on where you f- how how hammer time actually falls into that. So, um, but no, so but he's Benz is still on the, the titles apparently after the end of that storyline. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, he's got his, his Ultron stories to do. We'll see what happens. It would uh, be awesome if Brian Bendis just announced he was leaving and, and it didn't leave. <laughs> you know, it was like, and then goes back in and is like, okay, well, I did what you told me. Did the sales go up? And they're like, yeah, pretty good. We're going to need you to quit again next year too, and uh, and and talk about how it was a mistake that you you misspoke and that you came back because you've come up with the biggest Avengers storyline ever, and nothing's going to be left standing when you're finished with it, and. And then, it's, it's going to be good though because he's going to kill off all the Avengers like he killed off Spider-Man. They're all going to be shot and then die six issues later. <laughs> it's it's going to be great. And every single time one of them's shot, they'll say not like this, not like this, and then they'll have yeah. six issues of fighting their worst villains ever. And then right. when they finally die, through I can't even remember how Spider-Man died in the end their last words will be yes like this yes every like single this. one of them yeah can I mention how terrible Avengers Dissembled was that was really one shoddy like I remember picking that up and reading that first story going oh oh this is oh it was so bad so bad ugh awful ugh I like that you're like I just had to get that on my, on I just chest. had to get that I just had to grab, get that about I, that eight year old storyline off my chest you know because I was thinking about it the other day about how much it sucked and I was like ah remember that was back when Tom Brevoort was like yeah I mean I I wasn't going to let that go out the way that it was I had to make him do some rewrites but you know like A like you don't hear Tom Brevoort saying stuff like that anymore and B he that was apparently the rewritten version, which still blows my mind. Yeah, I'm still bitter about Avengers Dissembled. I can I can say it now. I'm, I'm glad you're just getting it off your chest. Well, you know, since be, it is... Be the, strong. <laughs> since we are talking, you know, current important news stories. Um, <laughs> yes. Wh- what else? Uh, okay, well, there was all the superhero movies that, oh, that yeah. did not go the way anyone expected them to. X-Men First Class, apparently it was good. I still haven't seen it. Green Lantern was not. Yes. Uh, and then Thor and Captain America were kind of middling. I still haven't seen Captain America. You know, it's one of those things where a lot of individual people have said great things about Captain America, and then it just seems to get sort of a middling mush. You know, they're, they're, yeah, they're kind of wrong, because they're good. Like, Captain, Captain America is, is a good film. Um, oh, right. See, you saw it's, it. It's probably... I saw it for my birthday, remember? That's the right. second one. Yep. Um, I yeah, I would say it's probably the best of all the, the superhero films I've seen this year. X Men First Class might be better. I kind of seriously doubt it. I you know I thought it's weird that I didn't like X Men First Class. I really didn't. I mean, it was okay. It was so goddamn dull. And everyone else is like, "Oh, this is great. This was so good." I'm like, 
uh, it's kind of really it's just it's over jammed with characters and nothing gets going and it's it's turgid it looks lovely i mean god it's such a good gorgeous looking movie but man is it it's it was it really dull like if that's the standard for superhero movies we're kind of screwed because i thought honestly i really thought that that thor um i still haven't seen captain america but having seen thor green lantern and x-men first class they're only better you know you can only to me they're only better from one another by degrees and they're usually only better when or worse when compared to each other like I, it's really hard for me to like say like oh yeah x-men first class was you know boy that was as good as drive i mean i didn't really see that many movies this year so it kind of makes it very difficult for me to sort of compare them to you know non-superhero movies but is the indie superhero movie dead? Was there like an indie superhero movie this year or that came out? There, it wasn't Super. Didn't Rain Wilson's Super come out this year? Was that last yeah. year? Yeah. No, I think that was just year, this year. That, that was this year. That was this year. Um, but it was, you know, it was an original IP thing. So Yeah, I, I, I think the indie superhero movies did. Yeah. I kind of suspect that after Dark Knight and Avengers, superhero movie might be kind of dead. I, I think that might exhaust everyone. Mm. We will see. We, we, we will, will see. see. I mean, there's Superman the summer after that, but I just there's just there's Superman. There's about, a Spider-Man reboot and, and Iron Man three. I kind of feel like there's just something about Avengers and Dark Knight. I feel that the non-comic fans are pretty much going to be like, "Yep, done." Right. Right. Especially because, especially with Avengers, they're like everything is leading up to this. I feel like after that, I'm being like, and now it's leading up to Iron Man three. I, <laughs> right. I, I don't think people are going to fall for it. No, I agree. I, totally I think people agree. are going to be like, no, I just saw the big film. Yeah. We're all together. That's the end, right? Well, the thing that I find fascinating is it really does seem like uh, out of out of big movies like. Transformers aside, I really get the sense that like quality means something, you know. And maybe I'm wrong on that, but if it doesn't catch you on the catch you in your initial box office, like I think that Iron Man three is going to have a tough road to hoe just because the second movie was just not great, you know. And I know not everyone feels that way, but I, I know, thought but it was, well, they should. Um, you know? I'm really curious about it because the everyone's comments about the script who's seen it Mm -hmm. is that it's a great script Mm. Um, and has Shane Black been announced as directing or am I imagining that no I you know it was on and then off again but I believe it's technically it's fully on I believe he is indeed supposed to be directing because that could be a really interesting film I mean it could be a complete fucking car crash as well Mm -hmm. but I think Iron Man 3 has a has a possibility of surviving if it ends up just being a good film. Does that right. make sense? Like, I think if it if it doesn't try and out-glam Avengers, right. but instead it's just a straightforward good film. Well, the, yeah, I think that's what I mean, is, is like, yeah, that's the best thing that they have going for, is like, if they can ha- do quality, if they can put something together that, that that's, you know, that is actually quality. I'm fascinated by the shenanigans going on with Thor 2, for example. Oh, yeah, that, that just looks like a car crash. I mean, that looks, yeah. that looks so much like a car crash, you kind of want to be like, just don't do it right now. 
yeah, don't. Like, if you can't do anything, like, but if your whole deal is, you know, but they, they've always had this idea of, like, well, you know, we can we can totally swap out anyone for anyone, you know? It's like John Favreau is like, why do we have to have him, like, direct another Iron Man movie? Maybe we, maybe we shouldn't, which, you know, which seems like a crazy idea. After watching the Iron Man 2 movie, I'm like, eh, okay, maybe not that crazy, I guess, but... Oh, I still think it was a really bad choice. And mm-hmm. as much as I like Joss Whedon, I think mm-hmm. not giving Avengers to Favreau was a, a really crazy choice as well. Yeah, uh, you know, it's really tough. I'm really surprised they didn't bring in Favreau for Avengers. I, I kind of thought that would have been a smart move, frankly. But, you know, I mean, that that being said, I really, I, boy, Iron Man 2 was not good. And there were parts of it, Iron Man 2, that were not good in ways that I feel were directly attributable to Favreau. Um, you know. Do tell. Well, honestly, I can't imagine, and I could be wrong, but I can't imagine that Kevin Feig or whoever it is who's like heading up Marvel's movie division was like looking at Iron Man 2 and was saying okay John it's really I know you don't want to do this but it's really important that you have scenes where you are making quips with Tony Stark more and maybe a scene where you dramatically drive in and rescue him and also you know because we're really feeling that what iron man needed more of was it needed more happy hogan like we definitely have a lot of other stuff like in uh, many people would say that the movie is too jammed full but what's really important is is that you put aside your ego and put more of you on screen saying <laughs> stuff and funny things because you're a funny guy you know what's funny you're saying all this, and I'm honestly like, was Happy Hogan even in the movie that much? Oh, I, yeah. I feel like he was in the movie less than he was the first one. Oh. No, seriously, I genuinely do. You, I, that, maybe that's true. Maybe I, I'm I think, completely wrong on that. I think that Iron Man 2 has far bigger problems than why it's just got too much Happy Hogan. Oh, it had huge problems, absolutely. But the fact that Favreau was like, hmm, how am I going to fix these problems? I know uh, a number where I a musical number where I am dancing with a singing dog. To be fair, that, that would be awesome. what's that? That would be awesome. I, it was in there. I don't. Maybe you didn't see the Blu-ray, but that's totally cool. I, I don't know. It's extended director's. <laughs> you you forget? I was given the Blu-ray when I traveled to their press junket. I got to wear. I know. <laughs> See, and it's always this is what should be the news story of 2011. Graham McMillan gets everything free. Newsflash! <laughs> oh yeah, when I was flown down and put in my own Iron Man suit, they gave me my own Blu-ray, and I was like, I don't really have a Blu-ray player. And they just snapped their fingers and they gave it to me. And then I came back home, and it's the most amazing thing. The 52 hardcover was like sitting right there and almost crushed one of the dogs. But thank God we're using it as the west wall of my house right now also gi joe is excellent <laughs> i honestly feel like there's this all this rage that's coming out now that i'm scared about <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry this should totally be where, where we finish the podcast just yeah exactly <laughs> No, that's such a downer ending, and I'm kidding. I mean, in theory, no, 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 someday, no, that's I, why we should finish the podcast that way. Just with me crying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's at the end of the podcast from 2011. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, no. You've done good work, sir. It's it's. That, I'm that would be so silly. sorry. I'm sorry. People give me free things. If um, it makes you feel any better, they give me far less free things than they used to. But they're giving you bigger ones to you, Graham. Like, you're getting less of them. But, like, DC's thing is crazy. You're like, oh, yeah, I got a set of their snow globes. I don't know why. <laughs> I did get a Christmas card from them. <laughs> I, got a, I got Christmas cards from DC, from IDW, and from Archie Comics this year. An Archie Comics Christmas card is spectacular. Is it? It's the cover of Archie versus Kiss or whatever, but they've just like photoshopped Santa hats onto them. <laughs> so it's Archie dressed as Kiss as Santa. And it says it says something like, have a rockin' holiday. It's something like that. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, God bless. That's amazing. That is truly, truly exceptionally amazing. Uh, yes. Well, see, there we go. I think that's lovely. I, I, I think everyone getting real crisp. Should we, um, I think you hate me. I think that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's see. I, I You know, there's got to be other news stuff. That you, you know, it's... Probably I'm impressed that we've... At this point, I'm not entirely sure what it is. I mean, what would you say the whole year was in general? Uh, I feel this is the year where comics... Got more corporate and not in a good way. Hmm. I think yeah. I think this year became more of a product, and shamelessly so. Oh, hmm. Yeah, you know, I I would say that 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 this was the year that I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. Um, like. You know, it's weird. It's like the the the. I'm totally thinking of like those those um, with like car races, you know, and just the, the like. I always think the term like they're up when they're up against a wall, and that's not totally you know. It's like an execution thing, um, but I I feel like this is this is was one of those weird make or break years for comics. Like people, no matter no matter <laughs> what else was going on, things had to change. Where are so things are break or broken. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Made or broken? So, no, but, but where? It, but where are they made or broken? That's what I'm asking you. Oh, I to me, I think it it really depends on on where you on where you <laughs> on what stuff. on what side you're on. Yeah, a little bit. Like I honestly think that the mechanism behind it may be broken really heavily, but I think that up front, I think that um, I think that that having so many companies move into digital while not screwing over the direct marketplace i think that's i you know i think what dc did was make you know rather than break and it sort of looks like what marvel might be doing is breaking you know i mean it's just this whole weird world of like how do we measure it the thing is is i feel like everybody has done something whether that's like you know, from the time DC announced that they were going day and day digital to basically being like everybody's, you know, more or less in that side of the pool. Um, you know, even though there were other people who did it first, I, mean, I, I just the fact that you know, in our last podcast, we were talking about how Archie has become this crazily progressive, superlative company. You know, um, I, I just think that that means that 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 people are having to change 
whether or not it's going to be changed for the better, I don't really think that it depends on how you measure that, you know? I mean, in theory, if comics become more like if if become more corporate business, I would think that that would be a bad thing except if it actually brings more people into comics and then what happens is the reins get loosened again, you know? Mm-hmm. And you see, for example, DC turning out more Vertigo titles or having, you know, greater um, willingness to experiment with titles or whatever. I, I think that could end up being a, being a good thing, you know? I, I feel, again, there's ways in which I feel like some of the stuff that was going on with the DC-52 was at least an attempt to sit down and think about questions about why people, why there are less people in comics and figure out a way to answer that. I, I feel I, there's there's a lot of potential with the new 52 for for improving at least the DC line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the worry is that you then hear all these rumors that are essentially to the contrary. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like you're like, wow, look, they've got... Demon Knights or Animal Man, and you know they're they're looking at things that it's horror stories. They put war books, and then you know people are quitting because they can't do the stories they want to do. And you're like, oh crap! Right, exactly. And so that that part I'm totally not happy about. I do worry that the that comics, yeah, that what we're seeing is comics got big enough over the last decade that that now individual voices are being squeezed out of them, you know? And I think it's going to be a very, very long time. Like, in a way, that almost puts comic books at, you know, I don't know, I want to say, like, the middle 60s, early 70s of television, you know? And look how long it took for TV to get to the point where it is now, you know? So yeah, God, where is TV now? Well, but I, I think I think TV. Uh, a lot of people in Hollywood are treating television like it's in its golden age. Like it's where entertainment is at. It's where you're actually seeing individual voices. You're not seeing that in Hollywood films anymore. I, I guess actors, that's true. Yeah, you know, actors and actresses and creators are all talking about TV like a. It's undergoing a renaissance, and that's where the interesting parts are, and the interesting things are happening. Um, and there's more of that happening now than there was in TV, really at any at any point. So, so I think that I think that's a good thing actually. I just think that unfortunately it means that you know does that mean that comics are going to have to wait thirty or forty years to to eventually get to that point? I kind of don't think so. Will comics survive thirty or forty years until that point? Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, who knows what we're actually talking about? So, um, so I don't know. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where I think there's a lot of you know I you know would actually be another good story. Like I kind of feel like Kate Beaton's kind of a, the new story of 2011. You know, like I think that's a pretty big story in a way. Um, just because explain just because she's had a book or yeah her book I mean it's not just that I mean you've heard me and it's, it's, true. it's not just the book I mean she's also doing stuff for for Criterion and other yeah doing posters for Criterion having cartoons in the New Yorker having a book that came out from Drawn and Quarterly that that made a lot of top 10 lists in major newspapers and, and major lists and things okay I, I, I love Kate Beaton 
and you know this. Mm-hmm. But how is that different from, say, an Adrian Tomini or a Chip Kidd, uh, 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 Chris Ware? Uh, my answer would be because you came 100% from the web. Oh, right then. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, you're, I mean, totally, you're totally right, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that that's kind of a, a big, kind of a potentially big deal. Okay, so. talking talking about web stuff, what about Kickstarter? Mm, right. Because I, uh, I just remembered there were two things I wrote about for Newsarama, for a piece of Newsarama end of year that I didn't even mention, one of which is Kickstarter. Um, I, you know, I... Uh, uh, well, what do you think of Kickstarter? Uh, I, th- I think Kickstarter is in a weird place now, mm-hmm. but what fascinates me about it is that both both Womanthology and Tampopo are essentially being funded by people online to be published by real publishers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel that's the fascinating part. I feel that there's something really weird about I agree. the idea that publishers can essentially take the risk out of publishing a book mm-hmm. by asking people to pay for it. Right. Right. Well, which is weird because it's almost like, isn't that almost like the direct market, but without the direct market? You know what I mean? Like you're literally marketing it to those individuals and saying like, here, like, you know, give this much well, money, it, you'll get a copy of the book and, you know, you'll pay it for it. It is and it isn't. Because... It would be like strike market if retailers, if, you know, whoever, Marvel went to retailers and said, how much do you guys want an Alpha Flight book? And, like, mm-hmm. three retailers were like, oh, I could sell shit out of an Alpha Flight book. And they're like, okay, so pay for more than just your copies. Right. That's right. the discrepancy. Yeah, no, and that is actually the part that bothers me. There, there, there is the stuff that bothers me. I did a whole. I threw. I don't know, not this year, but the year before. I threw a bunch of money uh, via Kickstarter out at stuff like James Kolshaka's video game and um, a couple of other projects, and most of them have not actually panned out. Interestingly enough, there's there actually absolutely has. I you know I threw money toward. Um, for Shannon Garrity to get the complete Narbonic published. Um, But I just, yeah, it really, to me, is almost like Team Comics is a step too far, you know? And maybe I'll be proven wrong on that. Or maybe it's just incredibly ungenerous of me. Um, It is. You're just a bastard. And at Christmas as well. (laughs) No, I, I just, I think there's something really weird. I think it's incredibly open to abuse. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that, by th- for some reason, there's a difference for me in an artist abusing fans and a publisher abusing fans. Right. There is well, a difference there, and I, I think that's possibly an entirely invented difference. Yes, I mean, didn't Tony Harris want like thirty five thousand dollars to like self publish his book or something? Yeah, but even then, it's self-publishing. Like that somehow makes more sense to me than like Boom saying we are doing a hardcover, like soliciting. We are doing a hardcover of this book and then going on Kickstarter and saying you guys have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I mean am I, I am I wrong? Are they, no, I think. Like, well, I, let's put it this way: I think both of those things are wrong. Frankly, uh, I think they're wrong for different reasons. Um, I I think it's incredibly. What do I think? I think it's weird and skeevy when publishers do it, although it, in a way it almost makes sense for me, strangely enough. But 
I mean, this is my but, but, is, that but I... is that not publisher saying, you know our whole business model? Fuck our business model. Sure. Well, like, how is that less skeevy than someone's mm-hmm. self-publishing work? Right. Um, that's a good question. That is a really good question. I guess for me, <laughs> the idea is, is that if they're trying to collect stuff that has exists out in the marketplace like isn't boom isn't it a hardcover of like stuff that was like french foreign language material uh it's hardcover of a webcomic oh of a webcomic yeah i don't know maybe you're right maybe that is just flat out skeevy yeah no i i do i think that there's like publishers are coming up with more and more ways it's like oh we want to do stuff but we want to take the risk out of it and i think that would be fine if they somehow took the reward out of it for themselves as well. Exactly. But yeah, that is that is actually kind of my problem with things uh, with these things, you know. Um is the idea it, it, you know, the Kickstarter and where it happens in the for-profit sector is is uh very worrisome to me. Like Kickstarter like Kickstarter makes sense to me the Tampopo thing for example. If if Tampopo sells out, all those people get their money back. Right. Yeah. But I don't think that's a setup. No, I don't think that it is. I think it's usually like, yeah, you donate this much and you get a book. Yeah, you get a book. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably signed or some other thing. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm not crazy about it. Interestingly enough, I really feel like the women's comics Kickstarter thing was a huge story this year. Womanthology, yeah. Yeah, womanthology. You know, I think that that is, I think that's. I I think women in comics was a huge thing this year. Oh, yeah. Because you also yeah, yeah, had yeah. the whole, you know, why are there so few women creators at DC? Why are there so few women books at Marvel? Mm-hmm. Namely, none. Right. And the flip side of it is, thank God, you know, for webcomics, there's actually more female cartoonists, you know, making something like a living yeah. in comics than ever before. Yeah. You know? So I, I think that's that's what I can't figure out. I just can't figure out why somebody like DC doesn't like, you know, like, hey, Kate Beaton, we will pay to republish, you know, uh, you know, a quarterly comic of Harka Vagrant. We'll pay you a basic fee and we put it out there and, you know, like... Because it, I'm sh- it doesn't yes. fit into their publishing model. Right. That, well, but that, I mean, for example, I can't understand why when webcomic people did that DC 52 blog, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. DC didn't essentially say, okay, we will give you backup strips. Right. Like that boggles my mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And like you said, there's obviously uh, – um, there's a lot of factors as to why it's the case. I mean, DC, one of the things that's so troubling about DC is is that so much of it was aimed directly at... And the same audience. The same audience, or even the audience uh, from the mid-90s, you know, like turning turning toward creators who, who really were hot like 15, 20 years ago with the idea that they would then be able to, to, to make a difference. Like, you know, that... My my the biggest thing that frustrated me about the new fifty two was the more it went on, A, the more how incredibly half assed it seemed, and B, how much of it seemed angled toward recovering lapsed readers from the nineties more than anything else. You know. It made sense, but it was incredibly frustrating to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean I, I'm continually frustrated with 
just the idea that I mean, for every other publishing industry, women are the big vertical, and comics just are just like eh, like everyone, every publisher, mm-hmm. and it's like you are morons. Mm-hmm. 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 And you know, Marvel does girl comics and then does nothing else following it because they only tried to sell it in the direct market. Mm-hmm. And they're probably like, well, that didn't make any money. Girls just don't like comics. Right. I just, sure. it's, yeah, that's that's a constant frustration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, I really honestly think that, uh, that there's so much that's going on in comics has everything to do about, like, perceptions slash misperceptions about about the comic marketplace and yet those are those are borne out in the sales too you know i mean unfortunately marvel's girl comics didn't sell that well i don't think did it no it sold pretty lovely. really badly you know so I don't know. I, actually, At the same time, Marvel's Girl it. Comics, A, was called Girl Comics, and B, was only promoted to the same people that they promote all their other comics. And C, wasn't even really promoted. Yes, right. Actually, let's talk about C, because I think that is one of the big deals to me about um, comics, is that I would love to see marketing in comics move outside of comics. Like, I think that it's silly... That's um, that's the thing. DC's Fifty Two did that and proved that it worked. Yes, and then what has the follow up been? Almost nothing apart from like, oh hey, we're going to get an article put in USA Today about the big Marvel event. Like, yeah, we need uh, more yeah than or, that. or Marvel. DC apparently have essentially plans the same thing happening, rolling out when the collections come out. Mm-hmm the same ridiculous splits but also DC has actually managed to get an awful lot of mainstream articles placed just for the fo- last few months following right. launch which is kind of s- still sounding to me that you know Marie Claire or something will run a preview for Batwoman issue 3 right 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 like that no, that's like it's one of those I am surprised but I shouldn't be surprised and the fact that I'm surprised shows how bad everyone is at doing their job right well yeah I think I think that stuff is you know, it's like, yeah, get that stuff placed. Also, like, let's see a fucking ad for a Batwoman trade in Marie Claire. You know, it's I I was actually really stunned. I was frustrated that Hibbs was like, hey, yeah, those Facebook ads, they worked. They were totally worth the money for us. You know, I'm like, great. Are you going to put in any money now and do it again? He's like, oh, mm, no, of course not. You know, <laughs> which I can't blame Hibbs because his whole thing is like, well, our budget's really tight. We can't, af- we can't afford yeah. it. It'd be one thing if we had a specific thing to promote, but we don't. And you know, and I was kind of like, yeah, but it was there and it worked, and you can come up with something. And I kind of feel like everyone a little bit like um, Hibbs's recent uh, tilting at windmills column that came out. You know, he was he was talking about his, um, you know, his thing of like, if you were to take. I don't remember what it was like four million dollars and spend it spend that money to open up four thousand more shops in the direct market you would make your money back easily it would grow the market so much in you know five years that you would have your you would have doubled your money you know Mm -hmm. and I thought that was a really good point I was also kind of like you know you should also talk about marketing you know, because I really think that that's where we're looking at stuff now is is that 
some of this stuff can be marketed, you know, in big boy ways and have actual big boy results. I really do believe the 52, um, the new 52 showed that and proved that. Yeah, and the crazy thing is that, you know, DC are doing it for the new 52. It'd be awesome if they did it for Vertigo because I think that would actually be more appealing to yeah, more people. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. But like, the Vertigo launches. Marvel is not. Mm-hmm. And Marvel... Marvel should. Like, Marvel has the brand recognition that DC doesn't really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Marvel has, as much as we talk about Ike Perlmutter, Marvel has the Disney dollars. Wow. Yeah. They, I mean, it really, it really do does. Why yeah. isn't Disney seeing this? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, why isn't there... I mean, for God's sakes, because... Cause and who knows? Maybe they are. But, like, Disney's got its own fucking channel. Like, why isn't it devoting like a little five minute thing on like on Marvel comics, you know, not just the Avengers movie coming up, but like talking about the Avengers comics and what's happening there or it has to be said, I'll be really, really curious to see what happens uh, to the DC block and Cartoon Network. DC is launching. uh, Warner's has uh, Warner's owns Cartoon Network and DC. Right. Warner's has a DC block of programming hmm. starting I want to say in March uh-huh. in Cartoon Network mm-hmm. that is going to be like what well, you know whatever the new Batman cartoon is right uh, other cartoons like the trailer for it actually shows things like the Plastic Man cartoon that Stephen DeStefano did huh. that never aired um, but they're also apparently going to have like Jeff Johns and other comic creators talking about what's happening in the comics wow as, that would be as great. part of this programming block. And right. that seems like Warner's actually thinking for once. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the thing. Like, we sort of got frustrated with the whole, you know, like, the, our, our worry is that the comics becoming corporate and not in a good way. The stuff that we did want to see that uh, I was hoping would be the, you know, the quote-unquote good way um, would be... Yeah, promotion stuff, cross promotion stuff like that. That that would be perfect. And you know, Warner Brothers has always had always been always could have had the ability to do that, but everything was so separate and splintered. I'm fascinated by the fact that everyone assumed that that, that Disney and Marvel would sort of, you know, very quickly turn into that as well. And it's been sort of odd and weird and slow. Presumably because of Ike Perlmutter's, you know, keeping of his his little reign, I guess. But it's very strange to me, you know. Although it's it's fascinating that Disney's actually doing some Disney comics through Marvel as well. Well, they own a comic company. Why not? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, it, absolutely. Why not? And yet, for the most part, they've gone about things very differently before. So. Um, I, I, it would be. In other words, I hope that it goes both ways. But yeah, I, I think uh, I'm. I'm really interested to see what Warner Brothers can do putting their weight behind DC and and in the best way, not the worst way. Like I kind of feel like Marvel's whole like, well, we've got the Avengers movie coming out, so we've got so much Avengers coming your way, you can't even see straight. You know, oh, I don't. Have you seen the solicits for March? March no, and that's two months before the book the movie comes out. Uh huh. I want to say there's seven Avengers collections. Holy shit! 
Holy shit. Wow. It's like some random stuff. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure it's like anything, anything, get, get, just get it on there. Like they did that. I mean, we forget, but Jesus, the you know, they were pushing so much Thor product before it's Thor came out. But, but I mean, uh, also, there's some random Spider-Man stuff coming out for the movie as well. Huh. The Spider-Man New Warriors crossover from 1992's annuals. I know you've been waiting for it. It's finally here. Yeah, exactly. Finally, I can die a happy man. <laughs> well, Graham... Um, We've talked for a long time, my friend. Talked for a long time, and it's been pretty digressive and loosey-goosey. I, I, like like the rest of our year. Oh, well Let's played, face sir. it. We don't stay on topic. Anyone who listened to our Steve Gerber podcast knows that. That's true, but you know, we've also had other ones where we've cranked I think I think there's more of a mix than you're willing to give us credit. That, that's true. I have to say, I think we got into a really weird but interesting place when we were talking about uh Mark Miller's importance to Marvel. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I, so I, too. think I think it's worth it just for that. Yeah. I almost yeah. dare you to put this out in like one three-hour chunk of a podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, I probably will not do that. It's tempting, but it's... it would be really long. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing that's really ironic is it cut off after forty-eight minutes on that one, so I kind of you can automatically gather parts. <laughs> we're, in, we're in the middle of talking about something when it cuts off. That is true. That is true. All right. Well, maybe. I, I I don't know why I'm quibbling. It makes it easier for me. It's like, you know, it's not quite half as much work, but it does cut the work down dramatically. So, yeah, maybe I will. You just watch. You just see, Mr. McMillan. I always assume that uh, people listening prefer shorter... I, I think they probably do, to be honest. Yeah, but... Hey, we should ask. Listeners, do you prefer yes. longer episodes or shorter episodes? Yes, what are your preferences? You know, we haven't gotten any email uh, recently at our, our email address, and which is a relief because we're both kind of shit about writing back, uh, you know. But but please, <laughs> listeners, write us, will you, at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com and let us know, like, what do you think works best? Would you prefer to have one three-hour chunk two 90-minute chunks, three one-hour chunks. What happens? Let us know, please. Not that we're talking for three hours again, because that's just crazy pants. It's only two hours and 37 minutes. Come on. (laughs) You're like, damn it, I'm keeping us on the phone for another 23 minutes. We're going to be on the phone for another 23 minutes after we start stop recording. You know that. Yeah, that is true, actually. Well, that's, (laughs) yeah, they never hear that part, but... uh, um. Yeah. So, uh, hey, listeners, have a good New Year. Have a safe. Have year. a happy, happy New Year. Yes. Um, we will see you in 2012. Um, the year. Let's not forget where the world ends, as according to not only the Mayans but Grant Morrison. Yes. To be fair, like so much of what Grant Morrison's done, I think he stole it from the Mayans, though. So, I'm telling you, when he ripped off Batman R.I.P. from the Mayans, I was livid. Dude, you didn't read the. Batman Leviathan special yet, have you? No, I haven't been to the store yet. God damn it, they didn't mail you a copy? Nah. Obviously not. Well, anyway, it's interesting. It is... (laughs) Okay, next week. All right, fair enough. Next week we'll talk about that and other comics that I picked up last week and this week and sale comics and Popats. And we will, uh, we will, we will, we will 
hit the review in fast and furiously. We will. You'll be Vin Diesel. I'll be the other guy. <laughs> Paul Walker? Is that his name? I think it is Paul Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Paul? It is. He's so goddamn generic. But uh, you'll 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 always be the Rock in my book, um, or Ludacris. I believe uh, the rapper Ludacris was in at least he's he's been in two of them now. Yeah, Paul Walker. Boy, that guy. All right. Yes, listeners. We will talk to you next week. We will see you then. Bye, listeners. See you. Happy New Year. I'm waving. I'm still fucking waving. Yeah, I, I, I did the waving as well. It was kind of sad. Ah, damn it. It's got me trained on a Pavlovian basis. <laughs>